Jason McCoy. Nelson Boyer. And we are the cast of Put Him on, on the, the Couch. couch. Back, back, back for another episode. Part two, buddy. Part two of parenting. All right. So join us as we delve into the ever-evolving landscape of raging, raising children in the 21st century. We'll confront a burning question, and that is, do parents really know best? On this episode, we're going to explore the recent surge of the parents' rights movement with its political and religious undertones and the impact it has on our educational systems. From storming school board meetings to the impassioned speeches of certain politicians, we'll uncover the origins of the anti-woke rhetoric that's capturing headlines nationwide. But we will not stop there. We'll also shine a light on the core issues that fuel the concerns, anxieties, and even paranoias of parents when it comes to topics like LGBTQ+, matters, books, and K-12 curriculum. To gain deeper insights, we have a special guest, a seasoned school counselor from North Carolina who will guide us through the world of social and emotional learning. We'll explore what it is, its relevance to education, and how it impacts both teachers and students. And we'll try to understand the underlying fears that parents have expressing issues regarding SEL. So, everybody, lay back, stretch out, as we once again put parenting on the couch. All right, all right, easy. Nice job, Nelson. Thank you. Yeah, you always do a nice job with that. Last week, we focused on a bit of the historical context. This week, a more contemporary look at Yeah, do a little SEL. Um, you know, I'm really interested in talking a bit about um, the parental rights movement. Father knows best. Um, you know, just some of the political, which is, you know, what I do. I'm the poli-sci guy. Just a quick recap. We talked about parenting from a puritanical perspective uh, yep. last week. Yep. We moved through the parents don't know best, but with the help of an expert like Dr. Benjamin Spock, leading pediatrician back in the 1900s. I think they felt they knew good enough. Yeah, knew good enough. Well, I think that was certainly our conclusion is that maybe good parenting is good enough, right? I think, you know, I'm excited about hearing what our guest has to say yeah, on that subject. And, absolutely. Uh, I know uh, there was, you know, this, this attitude people had last year or the year before, hey, we don't co-parent with the government, but... The work that uh, your wife does, that my wife does, the work that our school system does. It takes a village. It, in a way, it is co-parenting. Yeah. You know, it takes a village, right? Isn't that, yeah. what, it, uh, that's isn't that what, what they say? That's what I think Hillary Clinton and maybe Hillary even, uh, maybe even uh, Michelle Obama said. Um, in full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't already know, my name is Jason McCoy. I am an educator of over 25 years at both the community college and university level. I teach lots of courses in psychology with a focus on evolution, biology, and child development. Mr. Bowyer here has maybe not quite as many years in education, but he indeed has a long storied career. But he also may be known by some of our listeners from another role that he spent several years in. Nelson, why don't you tell us yeah, about that? Yeah, I was uh, recently uh, diselected from the Board of Education. I right. served a Democracy a term. in action, ladies That's and gentlemen. Right. Democracy in action. Uh, I served a term from 2018 to 2022, you know, helped guide the uh, school system of New Hanover County here in Wilmington, North Carolina, through the uh, highs and lows, mostly lows of uh, the pandemic, uh, yeah. the highs of the return to school. Um, it was definitely an interesting four years, yeah. and uh, I learned a lot. And so, so, you, so you're not uh, completely ignorant to this 
a seemingly new movement that no, we're seeing fact, more and more of, of on the national media where people are storming school boards. There's calls for books to be banned. There's there's a push for legislation at both the yeah, and what, actually, local you, and, if, and state levels. If, if you take a listen to this clip, our meeting was actually shut down um, during the height of some of this unrest. This was Oh, wow, wow. Oh, my gosh. This was in uh, July of 2021. This is the meeting I ran. I was the vice chair, but our chair was out of town, and uh, the community's blood was up. What were they upset about? The the short answer is everything, but uh, in particular, at that moment, the focus was on... You know, the slow reopening, transgender rights. You've already seen uh, uh, Meet the Parents yeah, with Ben yeah. Stiller. You know what happens yeah. when a man and a woman get in a volleyball match. Um, we were passing wow. a transgender sports policy that would allow our transgender youth in middle school to play on the team of the gender that they identify with. And I think that we should actually obliterate both the male and female categories mm. because obviously, you know, they're the same, man, yeah. man and female. So we should just get rid of Title IX. Um, in high school, it's governed by the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, sure. so there's no need for a policy. Right. But, you know, we had several middle school children out of six or 7,000 mm-hmm. uh, who wanted to play on a different team, and we wanted to make sure that they had a policy that um, embraced that and allowed for them to express themselves and to be themselves. Now, the stakes are so great in middle school, right? I mean, very it's, high. Really a, it's, very it's really high, a, an audition for the... National Olympics, national like the youth Olympic team, team or Olympic team, right? Yeah, there's always, you know, wow. If you go to any middle school game here yeah. in Wilmington, you're going to find, you know, uh, talent scouts. You're going to find people from the IOC, um, yeah. from the U.S. team, looking yeah. for the next. And you know, I'm Michael sure Phelps. ESPN follows those very uh, close, teams. They very put intense. plays of the week come from our middle school. <laughs> but you know, to, to be fair, right? When we parent, doesn't it always feel like it's that big? Well, yeah, it does feel like it's that big, and that's. I, I mean, where hey, I let's, wanna, let's briefly touch yeah, on wanna, that. I want to talk with about sports, that because you know the other thing I do, right? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously uh, teach. Drive Uber. I drive Uber. I also yeah. umpire. You're out. Umpire. I umpire. Baby. I actually yeah. umpire for youth youth sports. Uh, do a lot of travel ball, and you know I've seen in my 11 years on the field a uh, steady decline of. Just basic respect. And, you know, I try to just chalk it up to Johnny's playing, Jill is playing, and this is not game seven of the World Series, but it's right. It's the ALCS. The Boston Red Sox have won the title. They treat it with such um, seriousness, yeah. and, and it comes out on the field, and the kids embrace it too. Well, do, you, do you think this uh, overzealous parenting, particularly when it comes to youth sports, is coming from a, a genuine place, a a, a place of of um, sincerity or positivity, or do you think? Well, I don't think it's positive, but I do think it's sincere. Mm-hmm. I know when my daughter played, um, we had one instance where our coach pulled the players off the field. Wow! And and you know what it was really about? We, I, we look back on it, and man, like we're yelling. Yeah. At the excitement of six-year-olds. It's so easy, isn't it? From it an really evolutionary is. perspective. Yeah. Because I, we look, love our kids. That's it's, okay. I think we can be cheerleaders for our kids. We can yeah, yell this, with this, enthusiasm. This was and, different. Yeah. This was different. I do, I do I, yell I remember the This was different. It was. Yeah. It took on a life of its own. It yeah. started as rooting for the kids and yeah. being cheerleaders, and then it morphed into what are those little bastards on the other side doing?
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. With us is our special guest. Some of you may recognize her as a friend, a community leader, an educator, my wife, and school counselor of more than 20 years, Whitney Bennett McCoy. Hi, Miss Bennett. Welcome to the Ms. podcast. Bennett. Miss McCoy, whatever. Sorry. I thought I don't we know had been you, married for 10 years. Yeah, I we might have, be wrong. I just don't, don't know if you want to be identified with me and this podcast. We'll find out yeah. after. Could you just tell the listeners um, what your role is now and where, where you work? So I was an elementary school counselor for 22 years and have recently um, switched to being the middle school counselor at a kindergarten through eighth grade school. Okay. And it's right here in Wilmington? Yes. Okay. Um, SEL. Admittedly, I'm not sure what SEL means, why everyone's so upset about it. Um, could you just tell our audience what SEL is and why it matters? SEL is short for social and emotional learning. Um, and the easiest way to explain it, uh, most people use the CASEL framework, which is the Collaborative of Academic and Social and Emotional Learning. Now, does that come uh, from Disney? Yes. Okay, because no. that's probably the, the issue. Disney is a little too woke, and so we have got to sort of flip that, and so not that kind of CASEL. No, no. Okay. CASEL is C-A-S-E-L. Okay. And um, it, it, it's just basically a, a collaborative that helps us to understand how social and emotional learning works and um, they break it up into a wheel there are five sections that include self-awareness self-management responsible decision making relationship skills and social awareness okay. so those are the major tenets of social and emotional learning so we've got five categories for what social emotional learning is now, for people who are afraid of wheels that is the and categories, can you tell us um, in very plain language what these five things really are? They basically are just helping us to categorize and understand basic social and emotional interactions. Mm -hmm. What are the goal is of social and emotional learning is to teach students not only how to do academic work but also how to be able to work with each other and okay. work in understand their own emotions being able to do basic social things working with groups um, learning how to collaborate teamwork um, managing when they're angry so or when, frustrated. So when do you teach kids to be gay? I when? don't know what you're talking about. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what is being taught because honestly, most of these tenets that have that, you know, we have just defined better in recent years have been taught in schools forever. Yeah, and I mean, it's basically just you know, when I hear you talking about SEL, it sounds to me sort of like character education. I, I'm, I'm curious as to what you think about the critics or about the people that are yelling so loudly. You know, do you think it would help if they thought about SEL not as an acronym, but as maybe a new spin on an old favorite? I think that's what it is. Oh, wow. I don't. Minus the religious indoctrination, of course. 
Right. I mean, yeah, because that's something that, you know, by law, we're not allowed to teach in school. Okay. I think something that's important for parents to hear or understand is that our goal is not any sort of indoctrination. It is simply to be able to work together collaboratively with our students and to teach them how to do the same. You have to learn how to live and function in society. That's part of living in a community, and that's a skill. And those skills need to be taught. And that's not to say that they're not being taught in homes. I don't want to contradict families or make them feel like we're trying to do something to their children. It is more that we are just a piece of the puzzle of helping their children learn how to behave and how to thrive in a different environment than the home environment. One of the things, I think what sometimes gets misunderstood is that we basically are teaching children to have self-love and to respect their own skin, their own bodies, their own minds. Um, But within that also understanding and respecting that other people that may not look or think or do the same things that they do deserve to be understood. Okay. So and you don't teach them that one religion is better than another. No. Uh, you don't teach them that having one parent is better than having two. No. Or that having two of the same uh, sex parents is better than having opposite sex no, parents. Yeah. No, no, no. But we, um, we acknowledge, we have to acknowledge that families are different. They look different. They, they just are. And so to deny that or to act like it's not happening is not serving any of our students. We have to acknowledge that some students do have households with one mom and one dad. Some have households that have a mom and a dad and another household with another mom and dad. Some of them have two moms. Some of them have two dads. Some of them look different than, you know, different skin colors, different... For me, I guess as a counselor, that's the beauty of culture and community. And I want our students to be able to respect that and feel comfortable living with other people in their community who may not grow up the exact same way they do. I want everyone to know that they're welcome in our public schools. If you think it's possible that fear about SEL and other acronyms uh, associated with other initiatives that are in the K-12 through system might be coming from a sincere place, at least a place of maybe ignorance or lack of understanding, that parents aren't really out there just trying to drumbeat and, and create cudgels like social or political or cultural cudgel, cudgels, but you know, getting back to what Nelson and I have been talking about, that, man, it is scary for parents. I mean, you, you're a parent. It's scary. I mean, we want the best for our kids. We want to make sure that they're safe. I mean, maybe you can just speak to the audience here about that just a second. I, as a counselor, am very aware that parents are, or guardians, um, are the experts on their kids. Now, having said that, I think, you know, even experts 
sometimes have to consult the village. Sure. And when something's going on with their child, um, sometimes sometimes it takes a village to try to figure out what's going on, and that includes teachers, counselors, sometimes mental health professionals, right. sometimes doctors, who, whoever that might be. And maybe you guys are, are easy targets, or maybe these big scary concepts or initiatives like SEL are easy targets? Um, I don't know, yeah. but the I think system. the fear also lends itself to lack of trust sure. of, well, that, of that, people like the school officials or, yeah. you know, do which, they have the best interest? Which makes do perfect they, sense. Do they, are they teaching my children what I want them to learn? I think we do have to go back to, though, public schools and that in pub if if your children go to public schools mm -hmm. it may not be teaching your religious or moral beliefs per se but looking at the best interests of everyone in our right. community because that's what public schools are about right Teacher!